So recently, I've been extremely picky about the candles that I keep around the house. A lot of home fragrances don't really smell natural. They're not really sweet and have a lot of chemicals. And after learning that the candle industry contributes to an insurmountable amount of non-recyclable waste, carbon emissions, and just toxicity in the air, that has changed the way that I select the candles that I keep in my house. And that's why I'm so glad that Notes Candles exist. They're on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up high-quality fragrance that smells amazing. The candle industry has a major problem, which is almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year in almost all of them. And I mean all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next one million years. That's right. A million. Insane. But Notes Candles has created a solution. They have a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again. So you don't become a part of the problem. And it's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragrance wax beads. So all you have to do is place the wick in your reusable Notes jar, fill it up with wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then do it all over again. And you're ready for a new one. And you don't have to settle for less exciting fragrances with notes either. In fact, their collection of almost 13 fragrances are handcrafted by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina that are insane. I have a few of these here. Me and Jordan have been using them and I love it. Me and Jordan both are really big candle users, ironically, and so we can't get enough of this. And they have all these interesting one-of-a-kind fragrances like oak milk, vanilla, pepperwood, potassio, rose water all of them are amazing so be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality fragrance by making the switch to notes you can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandles.com slash just different right now notes is giving our listeners 15 percent off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using code just different just use code just different when placing your order that's code just different at notescandle.com dot com slash just different yep 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 we here we back it's one more week late night session it's like late night session two of the year it's one of them it's at work well it's at work y'all know what it is actually i remember we listening to this on tiktok totally forgot how hard it was Crazy but song. we gotta tap back in shout out monty shout out monty you know what it is if you don't know you about to know <laughs> Let's get it Golden ticket I'm on the road to riches I cannot fold on different So persistent She know I'm on the mission Lately I'm cold and distant Rolling inches I'm one of the chosen children Nah he went crazy Roller engine Told me pick my solar the system So I went to the solar system Load the spaceship I know where I'm going I'm aiming I'm on that Moses it? David Joseph Jacob oh. I've been on the roll Let's take it That's where I hold my faith in So persistent Come on Got me so mistaken, chose to face it. I was on a broken pavement. I cannot hold this pain in. What? Look, I've been down too long. I got a lift off. Huh? Never drop the flow that they ain't bit off. Yeah. Uh. Loaded when uh. they off. Thank the Lord that they ain't Come on. Oh. I know retain, like the kid, get the off of me. Nah, he ran on that. I played all the way through because this one of those. That's special. He ran on it. Yes, sir. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know about J Monty. Go tap in. Come take a look at us. We right here. Come on. Come on. Y'all know what it is. So check it out. It's your boy D Starks. Starks artist. You're now tuned in to the Justin from Podcast. So we talk everything faith, life, and culture. You just got done listening to Solar System. 
by Jay Monty. Yeah. For all those who don't know, Go tap in. We putting you on for this week, but I'm excited for this episode. Actually, I'm gonna address you right now. Whoa! I'm gonna do it up. I ain't front. gonna lie, off the rip, that's a crazy. I'm gonna do it up front because no, I've been getting and seeing a lot of comments on YouTube about this, and okay. everybody wants to know. I'm here, and it's and it's time. It's time I ain't you backing down. I'm here. No, for sure. I know you want to smoke. So I'm look, here. when are you dropping music? That's oh, what dang. everyone wants oh, to dang. know. <laughs> The I was question that's that. been circulating. I've been getting that comment like every that. YouTube video. Man, see the thing is, it's just a lot I'm juggling right now. It's hard to manage the time with everything. But um, I want to come out with something by uh, by March. By March. By March. I'm working on something right now. I was just in the studio last night. But it's just I can't. I'm not. I can't be in the studio as consistently as I once was because I have a lot of other things taking up my time. So I just kind of squeeze it in whenever I can. So by March. Uh, you know, the days will accumulate. And okay, fair enough. Done. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that was cleared up yeah, yeah. and the people just knew. Because everybody was saying that. They was like, yo, you need to play the core by Starks the Artist. I wanted to put you I got on, John. I guess to March. And then everybody was like, yo, like, when? when?" And everybody's in unison, too. Like, yo, when is he dropping music? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> want him, him to as well. March. It's time. March. It's March? Yeah. Okay. I respect it. Hold me to it. It'll be all March. That's fair enough. That's love. Um, and then actually it's funny cause I remember we were, <laughs> I'm going to bring this conversation here, but I remember I was scrolling through this Instagram and I saw some reel mm. and it was just Caleb Gordon. It was the most random video. He was just playing a song in the back with the caption said, are y'all whooping your kids or not? Nah? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> he be and so it, random. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. But I was Caleb like, dang, was I need to, I, it's something I, a conversation I did have that I was thinking about. And I remember we had, we were with John and Eric. It was with the bros. It was with the bros this past weekend. We were having a conversation. I wanted to bring it here. So what do you think? Cause I think it's, it's, it's so interesting to hear everybody's responses. <laughs> okay. So for me, I feel like there's other ways to discipline a child, but at the same time, I feel like, Every child's gonna need a, a good one or two whoopings. You think okay, okay. So so so, 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 you're, so, not, so you're you're not a, so you're not going to or you are. I don't want to. I'm gonna avoid it at all costs. But I just know because I've been there before. There were certain moments, pivotal moments, where I needed that whooping. That's fair. So I'm saying I'm gonna avoid it at all costs. But I know there's gonna come a time in the day where I'm gonna have to just. <sighs> I don't know. I think I'm I'm not against. I'm against it. I just can't see myself. Like <laughs> I can't like, either, like but it's a crazy thought for real. And I think it's a generational <laughs> thing. It is kinda crazy. It's a generational thing for yeah. sure. I know everybody grew up different, but it's definitely in a black household, like it was like it was just the way it was a thing. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna get that belt. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, what happens when words don't work? What if your kid just ain't respecting your word? What do you do then? I don't I just feel like there's a way, but that's the thing. I think there's this misconception. Cause that's all we've known discipline to be that we don't think it can work any other way. That's fair. That's fair. It could. You're right. It could work some other way. I just so that that's and I think it's just a generational thing. You yeah. just obviously you just obviously just continue what you've known, what you've been taught, and what you've seen. And so it's gotta take somebody to kinda like break it. I'm just I don't I just couldn't I'm saying I couldn't see myself doing it. Like it would hurt me to like like see like I think it hurts. Physically. I wouldn't want to like I said I wouldn't want yeah, to. Yeah, like that's crazy. But I'm just saying, at the same time, you know the kids that got whooped, and you you can tell you can tell the kids that got whooped from the kids that didn't get whooped. It's very obvious. You can just tell. No, that's fair. That's fair. But I want to get everybody else's response on what y'all thought. What y'all doing? I think because I I think it's interesting to me because the generational divide. Like, of course, like our parents and their parents, it was definitely so normal, and sure. like a no brainer. Oh, yeah. And I think like with our generation, it's like okay, like. There may be a better way. Right. And it's not like, oh, we're just trying to get soft or anything like that. It's just like, yo, maybe realizing that, like, actually beating someone (laughs) 
into correction or bad action. Maybe probably it ain't is necessary. not always the best way. Maybe it ain't necessary. Back. Yeah, so that I I just thought that was interesting. Nonetheless, let's get into it. We got a few announcements we want to talk about up front. Yep. We got a few things, you know, that have come up. Couple or at least some, some specials for everybody. Couple so you want to. So today, this is dropping the day after Valentine's Day, but we're doing a Valentine's Day sale, and it's going to be last until February 21st. So next next Tuesday is when the sale is going to end. The shirts are now $19.99 on the shop. There's also a $10, a 10% off code that will pop up once you get to the website. But they're $19.99. Get them while it lasts. Um, and I'm still working on getting the larger sizes. I will have them. By the end of the month, I just don't have them yet. But by the end of the month, I already put the order in. We will have the the two X, the three X, and restock and XLs as well. But yeah, just wanted to put that announcement out there. The shirts well, are nineteen ninety nine. Go tap in. We just wanted to obviously make sure that we showed our love to you all, and honestly, the support that we've gotten from the the drop so far, and everyone that's been supportive of us, that's been waiting, that's been patient. Um, so yeah, the sale for y'all. It's all love. Y'all know what love. it is. We got to do something for Valentine's love for the Day. Valentine's Day, man. And also, I I don't know if I have no idea because I haven't gone back and listened to this episode. Yeah. But it was whenever we did our youth people review of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I just saw somebody comment. It's Lauren. It's Lauren London, not Lauren Hill. It's <laughs> Lauren. I, I, I don't know if I butchered like no, Lauren's name. You like definitely that. did. Are you for real? Because Jonah's last name is Hill, so you probably confused it. Oh, Jonah okay, Hill, bro. Lauren. No it's, disrespect. It's, no, did. no, bro. I, I can't. Because I know Lauren London's name, right? And I felt so goofy and like just like, yo, why did I say that? I I have no recollection of, recollection of that. And I'm just like so embarrassed. But yeah, it's Lauren London, y'all. I got to put some respect on her name. A little goat. So I just want to put that out there. My bad. I apologize. It was yeah. heated. They said, get it right. For it all said, the stands. Yeah, corrected. I was like, hold on, hold on. It said correct But no, nonetheless, let's go ahead and tap into episode episode 83. Y'all know what it is. Just starting off with our Say It Again segment of the podcast. We'll come up here every week up front, and we just give something that we've heard, we've been studying, and we feel was noteworthy to run back on the pod. So yeah. let's tap in. So I was reading in Matthew 25, and this was a parable of the bags of gold. And this is one of those stories I've heard a lot and I read before, but, you know, I kind of, I was being more attentive this time around, so I was reading more into it. And this is in Matthew 25, 14. So I'm going to paraphrase it instead of, like, you know, reading word for word the entire story. So essentially the story starts out with a master going on a long journey, right? And he has three servants. So before he leaves off on his journey, He's giving his three servants bags of gold. So he gives one servant five bags of gold, another servant two bags of gold, and the last servant one bag of gold. Um, so essentially, he does that, and he leaves off on his journey. So what happens with the bags of gold and the servants is the one who had the five multiplied it to ten, the one who had the two multiplied it to four, and the one who had the one hid it away out of fear of like losing like the small amount that he had. So then the master comes back from his long journey. And he sees that the five and the two multiplied what they had. So they both get a well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things that will put you in charge of many. And then the the one, the servant who had the one bag of gold that hid it away, he gets rebuked for being lazy and not doing something with what he had, right? Um, and I forgot to mention before I started this that this parable is mentioning like the the end times, right? When when Jesus will come back, that's why you see the parallels between the the master that goes off on a long journey and comes back, right? So Basically, what I got from this that I thought was really good and kind of resonated with me is the fact that the well done is in the multiplication. 
Um, and it's not necessarily about how much you started with or how much you end with. It's just about what you did or if you did something with what he gave you. That's really where the key lies. And I think that's very huge, especially in a generation like this, that's very big on, I guess, parading, you know, your mm-hmm. accolades fact, and money and fact. cars and social media. Mm-hmm. So you can very easily get discouraged and caught up mm-hmm. in comparison, which is something I kind of struggled with last year a lot that I that I mentioned before. But this is something I kind of found a lot of comfort in just realizing it's not even about how much you have versus how much they have. As long as you're stewarding what you have well, the well done is yours. That that That's what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. And even this can be an encouragement for a lot of people who feel like they got dealt a bad hand or maybe they had a bad childhood or, you know, it's kind of rough for them growing up. Just finding comfort in the fact that it doesn't matter if you only got one card. It's just about what you did with the card that you got, right? So it's just about multiplying what you have, not necessarily how much you started with or how much you ended with. So... Yeah, I just thought that was really good. Just just noticing how this this parable can really dispel all comparison. Right, it's saying right here when times come, it's not about how much you have. Right, it's about what you did with what he gave you. So steward it well. Nah, yeah, yeah, I like that. It just comes back to I feel like something that we may have mentioned before when it just the idea of just management, right? And sometimes we can think that we don't have enough to maybe achieve like mm, yeah. what we can do. So even in that parable, um, the person who only had the one bag of gold was like, oh, well, like it was so scarce that I didn't want to waste it, that yeah. I didn't want to squander it or anything. So I just like buried it and kept it away to try to preserve it. And sometimes we can have that same attitude with mm-hmm. the supplies or the resources and or relationship guys has put in our life, yeah. right? Of like, oh well, like oh, there's not enough here. I don't want to mess this up. Exactly. I don't. I don't know if I have the experience set or the the level of maturity to handle this responsibility or the right connections to get this done. And God has already given you everything you need to make it happen. And so, just being always mindful of that and vigilant of what's right in front of you um, to multiply it because anything God has called you to you already have all that you need exactly so i like that when it comes to the idea of management and and from my say it again this week one of the big things honestly like the last two weeks that was like kind of like revealed to me in like a some conversation and people pointed some things out to me but i had a lot of work to do a lot of responsibilities a lot of meetings to take and i was like feeling the pressure of it all when it comes to just the podcast and the back end and handling all that because we're just like expanding a lot more and getting into more business things. And so I was really just like stressed and worried and like there'd be moments throughout my day or throughout the week where I was just like so overwhelmed to the point of like just being upset and almost angry for real. And which was like just so out of character and really just weird. And one thing that I was, I don't know if I was watching the sermon Sunday, because I, I, I watched the sermon online, and I can't remember what necessarily sparked, like, the conversation or, like, this thought in my mind, but one thing that I put down was the fact that, like, God may be the focus of your day, but is he the focus of your pain? And for me, I mentioned all of that because, like, even in these moments of, like, frustration and having all this anxiety and just being overwhelmed, yeah. I had still taken the time to make sure that in the morning 
right? I had set a time, set time aside for my devotional and a, a small set of time for like prayer, making sure that I'm inviting God into my day and what happened and that what happened in the early moments. And even at the end of the day, making sure that like my mom was right and I was making sure I was meditating on the word and studying, getting these things right. And so for me, in these moments of frustration when they came, I didn't feel as if I was removing or not adding God to this moment because I had already added him to some part of what already happened in my day. Yeah. And something that we've all heard is the fact that if he is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And something that I had missed in these moments is the fact that, yo, yeah, I may have invited him in in the morning, but was he still invited into all these integral parts throughout the entire day? And especially in, I said, I use my pain uh, when it came to what I was struggling with. Because sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, I know him, or I've invited him in when it comes to like my devotion and my study, but is he invited into the things that I'm struggling with day to day, mm. right? And so that was something that I was just really convicted on and just had to remind myself of, of like, yo, he's a God of detail, yeah. and he's a God of engagement. And he's a God that wants to be extremely personal and a part of every part of our lives, not just the prosperity and abundance, but the valley and the moments when we feel we can't make it or we don't know the turns we're going to take and or there may be things that are just like completely overwhelming us. And sometimes we can just go our own way and make our own strategy and our own plan of trying to like calm ourselves down and find our own peace Mm -hmm. and not realizing that we're disregarding God in that process Yeah, because it's not like, you know, he's not a part of our life. Right. As a whole, but is he a part of these small integral parts of it, like as we're walking it out? So that was something I had for this week that I had just thought about Sunday a lot and something that like I'm learning and even challenge myself with going into this week of like, okay, like even in these small moments that you think are mundane and God may not worry about, or you just really just genuinely may forget or just not Mm -hmm. give any attention to. But that's a part of your devotion as well. So yeah, I, I it's weird that you say that because I felt a very similar way like a couple of days ago, and I think for me it was just like a, it's like a genuine like forgetfulness, mm-hmm. and I kind of I call it like my spiritual blackout. It, it it'll be as that's if hard. it's like I'll wake up, I'll do my routine, I'll worship, I'll pray, I'll read my word, and I'll be very intentional about keeping God at the forefront of my mind and my life. And then it's kind of as if, like, I kind of just forget and I get so caught up in, oh, I got to finish this and I got this task and all these reminders I got to do. And then it's like two hours go by and I'm like, oh, wait, like, snap back to reality. Let me put God back at the forefront. And it's as if, like, I kind of just, like, woke back up. It was like I was sleeping mm-hmm. for two hours and I was gone somewhere else. And I look up, it's like, dang, it's been two hours. Like, what was I thinking about that entire time? It's so, I don't, it's such a weird sensation. I can't even really put it into words. It feels as if, like, yo, like, where was I at those entire two hours? Like, when I'm not keeping God at the forefront of my mind, it's kind of as if I'm on autopilot. Um, so, yeah, I kind of call it my spiritual blackout, and that's something I've been trying to be intentional about as well, just making sure in all the integral parts, like, in in, in everyday life, like, making sure God is at the forefront and really seeking, okay, what what does the Spirit want to do? How, how does He want to move right now? Not what do I want to do, not what do I feel like doing, but keeping them at the forefront. Cause I, I really hate that feeling. Like it's, it's it sucks, yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, I like that. It's yeah. God, you know, he may be a part of your routine, but I can see a part of your life. Yeah. You know, cause sometimes it can just get so repetitive and yep. not necessarily mundane, but honestly just like, okay. Yeah. Like 
I've checked that box off. I've checked yeah. this list off. But it's like, are you really walking with him mm-hmm. and allowing him to walk with you? Exactly. So, yeah, that's to say it again. And now y'all know what it is. We're getting into the oh, talk man. to Let's do me it. segment Let's do portion it. of the episode where we have you all, like, call in and or send a text about anything you're all going through, like, in life. And we just, you know, provide our little two cents and our advice on Let's do it. what we think. But... I really like this one for this week. Um, I think we've heard a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I don't know why. I think it's just Valentine's Day. I'm feeling all the lovey-dovey stuff. But just I'm appreciative of every one of y'all who listen and tune in yeah. and and even engage with us when it comes to, like, these different things that we do. And, like, when it comes to calling in and sending texts and getting even, like, personal or transparent with these things. Something that we don't take lightly. We love being able to, like, help y'all out through what y'all going through. But nonetheless, let's get into it. Yeah. This individual is anonymous. But they say... Hey guys, I've been having trouble at work. I just started this new bank job, which I didn't know how things would work out because I'm not really good with numbers. So I've had a couple of mistakes now and I've been at the job about too much and everything was good up until this point. I asked God before I left my other two jobs if I was supposed to leave and I felt, felt led to leave. And now I feel super unqualified for the job because of these mistakes. I know it could just be the devil getting into my head because I'm also a perfectionist and I want things to be done well or not at all. Which now leads me to the question... If I should even be here, but at the same time, if this was not the job God wanted me to have, I wouldn't have gotten the position. I feel kind of stupid now, not going to lie. Yes, mm. sir. Weird. This okay. is one of those. But okay. I really like this one because yeah. it kind of just ties into like the feelings of feeling like inadequate, mm-hmm. unqualified, not good enough, the whole idea of imposter syndrome yeah. and feeling as if like yo i'm not really meant to be here in this position and even if it's something god had actually called you to and brought you into you can still have these feelings of just insecurity like yo is this really it, it can i really handle this what is this about and so i was like it's something i definitely have related to and been before and i know a lot of people have too but for sure yeah i definitely wanted to get into this yeah, so I guess I would start with, I was reading in Acts the other day, and I was reading something that I felt was so applicable to the situation, and it was in Acts 16, verse 6 through 7, and y'all, I'm about to butcher the names of these regions and towns, just so y'all know, but let's just roll with it and act like I'm saying it perfectly. Okay, so it starts, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Figria and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of of Mesia, they tried to enter Bethania, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So what I want to be taken out of this verse and how I saw it is if you're being diligent and involving God in your daily decisions and you're remaining sensitive to his voice, you would not be anywhere he didn't want you to be. Because in this verse, you see how they tried to travel to a town and the spirit was like, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me redirect you to where I actually want you to be. And I say this because um, in the message that you sent, you expressed a sort of security and feeling like, okay, if this wasn't the job God wanted me to have, then I wouldn't be here. And I'm telling you to hold on to that security because that's the truth. Like if you felt like your spirit was leading you to leave your other jobs and this is where it led you, then this is where you're supposed to be, right? And, you know, God hasn't left you alone in that decision. And that goes into my next point about how, because you also mentioned um, like a feeling of ina- inadequacy, like you're not qualified for the job. Um, seeming like the task is like too tall right now. And something I want to say to that is like, if your plan was attainable in your own strength, oh dang, 
if your plan is attainable in your own strength, it is not God's plan. Um, so God will never call you into a place or a situation to where you would be able to do it all on your own. So I always find security in that when I'm in situations where I'm like, dang, like this seems kind of tough. I don't know if I can do this. Well, it's not me alone that's doing it. Right. And this is a, this is a theme that shows up throughout the Bible, right? In Exodus, when he's bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and he hardens Pharaoh's heart, he did that. So ultimately he can show who he was through that tough situation that he got them out of. And it's the same with us in our daily lives. He is putting us in situations where it's like, okay, you have to depend on me to get out of this or to get through this or um, to conquer whatever situation this is, right? Um, So God's plan will never point to us, but to him. So I think that's something you should keep in mind is that it's not something you need to do in your own strength for one. And for two, it's all for the glory of God and the advancement of his kingdom. And in Acts 4.13, this is something I had brought up before, but looking at it through this lens has kind of given me a new perspective on it. And this is where it talks about how um, the Sanhedrin has saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished and took note of the fact that they were with Jesus. So with this, Peter and John understood they were ordinary and unschooled, but they had a courage to stand and speak boldly in this environment because they understood they didn't need their own strength. Right. So that's something I want to encourage you in is like you can stand and speak boldly, not necessarily speak boldly, but you can stand boldly in the situation without doubt and without fear, understanding that I can do this because it's not my own strength. And that's where their courage really came from is from understanding that. So I think that's where you that's where the start of courage comes in is when you realize it's not really in your own strength. So, um, yeah, no, that's a fact. And if you want to comes to what you just said, I think even if you feel as if, yo, you may not have like the qualifications that you need on paper when it comes to like what the job requires, but God may have already given that to you through experience and through the skill sets that you already possess and not disregarding that of understanding what you already have. And that kind of goes back into or goes into the point that I have. And I'm actually going through like this reading plan right now. And it's taking me through the old Testament once and the new Testament twice. And so I literally just started yesterday. And so I read Genesis one, two, and I read Luke one for the chapters of the day. So I've been like really deep into Genesis and, these are chapters, especially when it comes like the early parts of the book that I've like read before and I've kind of like gone through and studied. But of course, like I want to make I wanted to make sure going into this, if there was like anything that I missed or I didn't get before that I was like, yo, just like having revelation and making sure I was being like a, a receptive to it. But one thing that I'll say when it comes to this and the advice that I have and something that I heard once that was really brought together when I was going through Genesis is the fact that there will always be provision before placement. There will always be provision before placement. And the fact that before God places, he will always provide provision for the thing he's getting ready to put in position in order for it to survive and flourish. Right. And so you see this all throughout the story of creation when God is creating the heavens and the earth and light and night and day and the morning and evening and even when it comes to like the sea, the land and the order in which he creates the creatures, the harvest and the seeds that before he places them or even creates them on earth, he already gives them the environment it needs to flourish and to have abundance. And so just to make this tangible in Genesis 
chapter 1, 9 through 12, it says, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered, gathered water as he called seas. And God saw that it was good, right? So this is the first part. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing fruits and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and the trees bearing fruits with the seed according to their kinds. And so on. But nonetheless, you see this concept of this idea here when it comes to provision before placement. And so before all the vegetation and the plants and the fruit were created and even placed on the earth. God had already made the land, the water, the sun, and that created the environment that these plants needed to survive. And so it had already he had already put in place and already established everything these plants needed in order to walk out their intended purpose on the earth, right? And so we see that there. And then even in Genesis 2, 7, and that I, I saw this, and it was the first time I even noticed this, but it made a lot of sense. And this is when God's creating Adam, right? And it says that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So this is why sometimes you really got to read the Bible slow. And this is something that I'm even learning when it comes to studying. But even the same concept of provision before placement is here whenever you think about the creation of man, right? And what I mean by that is the fact that in this first part of the verse, it says that then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, part one. So the first thing he does is he forms man, right? And so then he breathes life into man and it becomes a living being, right? But before Adam became a living being, we understand that we're three-part beings where our body, we're our soul, and we're also our spirit, right? And our soul and our spirit are what makes up who we really are. Our body is just a flesh suit that we walk out here on earth. And so we see that God gives Adam his provision in a human body when it comes to the anatomy of the body, when it comes to the brain, when it comes to his limbs, when it comes to his hands, his legs. He gives Adam everything he needs to walk out his purpose on earth and what he needed him to fulfill in the garden and so on and so forth, Right? that make sense yeah yeah so like he gives his body with supervision that the soul could adam's soul could live in to walk out what he needed to do and then we even see it in the next verse in genesis 2 8 and it says now the lord planted a garden in the east in eden and there he put the man he had formed so again provision first so now mm-hmm. he creates the garden the provision the trees the fruits and everything that's in there and then places adam where he knew he could survive and flourish. Mm. And so the moral of the story, bringing it back home, is the fact that before there was any placement, provision was always present. So bringing that back to this situation, even our own lives, anywhere God places us, any environment, any workplace, any school, any city, fill in the blank, he has already given us everything we need to fulfill what he wants us to do there. And so there's no reason to fear to be anxious and look around like, yo, do I have enough? Am I qualified? Do I have the gifts? Do I have the strength? Do I have the courage? Do I have the the intellect or do I have the relationships or do I just have the financial means to do so? If whatever God's brought you to, brought you to, he's going to sustain you through. And so I, I just thought that was crazy seeing that like so many times, even in the first few chapters within the Bible, when it comes to that idea. And like, yeah. of course, like, I know it continues throughout the entire, 
you know, entirety of the Bible and how that even applies to our daily lives. That like everything that you need, God has already given and he will continue to provide to you as you're walking out where he's placed you. Right. And so that's the encouragement that I give to this person is yeah so like when it comes to that feeling of inadequacy that's really why I I said this um because sometimes I even have that and so just knowing that uh, yo where he's placed me he's going to sustain me through and I have everything that I need and if I may not even think or see that I have everything I need everything I will need is always going to come as I'm being obedient to him and so just speaking to that like insecurity imposter syndrome and just idea of feeling unqualified. So that was, yeah, that was my big thing. Yeah, that that piece about the Adam thing, that's kind of, us fire. I never realized that. Like, the he body? really provided the body before. You feel what I'm saying? Come on, that's why bro. you got to read it slow. You got to so read heat, the word Bro, for like, provi- the provision the- was the body, right? Mm. That the soul needed to walk out with it. Before he ever placed him in the, yeah, right. that's tough. That's tough. Right. So that's that. But yeah, so I hope that helped whoever that was for, and obviously whoever else is listening that's been through there there right now. But nonetheless, getting into the last segment of the episode, I'm actually I don't know I'm leaning toward what they're talking about. I've been I like what they're talking about. I know I've been thinking about that a lot the last few days, and it just rolls off the tongue a lot better. It feels better. I feel like it fits everything, and of course, like with the talk to me, that's what what they're talking about. The parent, you saw it. It may it may do it. So that that's the two. So everybody, I need to know what y'all think. Is it going to be culture critics or what they talking about? We're gonna we got to decide by like March. We're gonna figure (laughs) it out. But nonetheless. Um, getting into it, one big thing that's been happening, I don't know if anybody's seen, that's been like a real topic of conversation, particularly like, you know, in the Christian community, is the Asbury revival. Mm-hmm. And what's happening in this college in Wilmore, Kentucky, which is like actually about an hour and a half from us, which is crazy to think yeah, about. Not it is super close. Um, but nonetheless, for those who don't know, there's like a Christian college located in Kentucky called Asbury. That last Wednesday on February 8th started what they believe to be just like a routine chapel service that they have every single week, right? And when they started the service, uh, it just continued, and honestly, it just hasn't it hasn't stopped since. And so there have been people who are, have been worshiping, praising, and just giving t- testimonies in this chapel nonstop uh, for what has been going on for about like more than 100 hours. And I'm almost positive from what I've researched and what I've been seeing in different reports that when this drops, they will still be going. Yeah, I think they, they're still going on right now. They were on live before we started the episode. Really? That's yeah. crazy. And so, yeah, it's essentially um, what they're calling a revival. And there have been, like, reports of, of course, like, a lot of spontaneous worship, people giving their life to Christ, rededications, and even healing. And so this is something that I feel like the university has seen before in their past, and it was interesting because I, I initially, someone had DM'd us, actually, and had told us about what was going on. And this is before I really knew how I saw that. Yeah, significant yeah. or major it was. They were like, yo, this is happening like in uh, Asbury, Kentucky. Like, yo, if you all can make it and come down, you should. Um, and we, we just couldn't, and the time wasn't right. And then I, again, was on Facebook, and I saw some more stuff. Uh, <laughs> Bro is becoming and it was Facebook all theme. over my feed. And yeah. I was like, yo, this is, like, this is amazing. This is ridiculous. And so another post that I saw, and it says, 50 years ago in February 1970, revival broke out on Asbury's campus. After the dean invited students to share testimonies at the chapel service, students continued worshiping and praying for more than 144 hours. The college canceled classes for a week. 
This week, a chapel service started on Wednesday at 10 a.m. with 1,600 students and has not stopped, and it's still going. Revival has reportedly broken out at Ashbury University, a small evangelical college in Kentucky, attracting hundreds of people to join 24-7 prayer and worship, according to reports from students and staff. This revival is different. It's not focused on big speakers, famous bands, or lights, but on repentance, testimonies, and the manifestation of God's presence. And so... I thought this was super fire and something sure. I definitely wanted to bring and uh, bring up and talk about. And one of the big things is the fact that I think there is this, hmm, how would I put it, just this large misconception when it comes to Gen Z and our generation, particularly when it comes to young adults and mm-hmm. those who are in, the people who are in college right now, that we are not desperate or at least looking for a move of God. And like we're this fallen generation that doesn't have any um, real desire or pursuit of who God is and the desperation for him. And so I think when I see moments like this happening, particularly on college campuses, and of course like there's all ages represented in this, but especially just on a college campus, and even the videos I saw, like, young adults, like, people yeah. my age leading this and up front and praying and worshiping, like, on one accord. It's always encouraging because sometimes, of course, we all know, like, we can feel, like, alone in this. Mm-hmm. As if it's, like, it's only us. Like, y'all, there are really any other Christians who are not just saying it but walking it out for real. Exactly. Who not just proclaim this but love God with everything that they have and are willing to do anything just to have him, follow him, yeah. be with him. And so... I think it's just super dope just to highlight because this is something that like something that people may not report or give as much attention to. And so I think the encouragement was the first thing that I really got from the whole thing when I saw it initially. Um, yeah, that was that was a big thing for me. For I remember <laughs> that's funny because the message you're talking about, someone DM'd us about it. And I remember seeing it. And then, like I said, it was like, OK, I don't know if we'll be able to make it. And then. Like, it was just similar to you. Like, I just remember seeing a whole bunch about it. And it was, I think it was on CBN, uh, the YouTube channel had a uh, video about it. Um, I got searched it up and it's popping up. I'm like, wait, I had to double take on the message. I'm like, there's no way that same thing that person invited us to is what's going on. Right. And I, I double take, I was like, yeah, this says Asbury, this is Kentucky. I was like, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, like you said, I just think for me, it's, it's also been super encouraging to see. And I think, honestly, across the board for so many people, and it's just a reminder that, like, God is, is still moving and looking for people that are, you know, desperate for him. Um, but the feeling that the feeling that closely followed that was, like, conviction because what had happened was, like, I felt I felt like I was immediately disassociating, disassociating myself from that fact that God can still move and that he's moving and that, you know, there's revival. I was kind of immediately just kind of, like, disassoci- disassociating myself in the sense that, I was putting so much attention and focus on what was going on there. And I wasn't using the encouragement in a way that was fueling me to like have a newfound like intentionality for the fact that I can make that happen where I was at. You know what I mean? And I think when you see a move like this, it's important to in a way personalize it towards yourself and your environment and and not in a selfish way, but just in terms of a, a perspective change. Like I said, it's not, Hey, I'm so happy for them. God's moving over there. Like, that's great. But shifting it to like, okay, yeah, God's moving over there. That's amazing. I'm happy for them. But he can also do that here, right? If he's looking for people that are hungry, let's show him that this is a place that he shouldn't pass by. Um, 
and and you know because I'm seeing a lot of people travel from here and there to go there, and I'm not you know knocking that, and I'm not also I'm also not saying this isn't a, a good thing because this is a great thing. Like I started off my point saying, um, and I was honestly thinking about going myself, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but don't allow what's going on there to eclipse the the potential of what you could be doing where you're at, and essentially just you like I said using that encouragement that you're getting in a way that's like you're starting to plant seeds where you're at and not so much just focus over there and like, yeah, that's great. And it can only happen there because I think this is something that, you know, shouldn't be too irregular. This is something that I feel like we, sh- we should be doing, um, you know, moments like this should be happening where we're at. So that's what I mean when I said there was like a conviction that followed because I was just so quick to be like, yeah, that's great. Like good for them, you know, praise God. And that's all, and that's all there was to it instead of like using as fuel. Okay. God is moving. Let's see how I can play into this, what I can do um, to plant seeds where I'm at. So that's, those were my first initial thoughts was the encouragement. And then, you know, yeah, following I think the, that the it, just, it just comes down to not thinking that God can do more there than what, than what he can do exactly where you're at. Mm. And so, yeah, definitely. I think the beauty of it is the fact that there were so many people who were, I think that's a part of revival is the fact that you are having people in droves from different communities from across yeah. like the world and country and areas that are coming in and pouring in just to get a glimpse and a taste of God and what that environment looks like. And so it's definitely a positive and what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be a draw, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of those who are lost and even people who need to have that rededication or need yep. that experience, but also not negating the fact that, yo, like it can still happen exactly where you're at. And exactly. it's not limited. God's presence is not limited to one location, one event or one quote unquote revival in this particular area. That is something that you can access right now. And so I think that's good. and something I did think about, but I also think one of the big things is like, I really want everyone, and I've talked about this before because we went to the Maverick City concert. That's yep. one time where I really f- felt the same vein or concept. And yeah. also when we went to the conference, the ENC conference earlier this year in January, and it's the fact that there's just a different type of, and I hope this doesn't sound like contra- contradicting, there is definitely a different type of feeling in atmosphere whenever you are worshiping collectively for right? sure so not the fact that god can't move just the same individually mm-hmm. in a bedroom a dorm room workplace wherever but there definitely is something different when you are on one accord with yeah. people um who are like-minded and all seeking god with no ego no pride and just looking for him it is the epitome not necessarily the epitome is what I'm looking for, but it is almost like a reflection of heaven on earth, which I've said before, and I even heard in one of the interviews when people were talking about the yeah. revival. It feels like a glimpse of like, yo, this is what it's going to look like. Yep. And in this thought, it got me thinking about something I just had a conversation with someone about, and it's the fact that it's mm, you have to know God through experience and not just knowledge. It's not enough just to know God through, mm, it's not enough just to know God on paper, to know how many books there is in the Bible and to give every theological fact of 
what has happened in the past and dissect the scriptures, the Greek and Hebrew and with hermeneutics. It's that is important, but it's also significant and vital for you to understand and get an experience of God through actual tangible experiences that may come through worship that may come through praise or just you walking out your day. Right. Cause I may know Jordan and I may know what his favorite color is, what he likes to eat, his favorite movies, his favorite type of music, and maybe where he likes to go, where he likes to sit, the people that he hangs out with. And I may be able to recite and tell you every one of his favorite quotes and what's important to him and what his values are and whatnot. But what ignites and puts it all together with me actually knowing the character of who he is is the fact that I've spent time with him. Exactly. That I've I, I have experienced who he who he is and his character in person with my very own eyes, not just through a bio of things, not just through a paper of mm. what he's created, of what he likes and what he dislikes, but through an actual experience of walking with him, which makes it even more makes that relationship deeper between us right yeah. if it was just something that i read online versus someone i've experienced in my own life it's different it's different it and is. so i think it's so important to have that and to always seek for that and not get caught up in one thing or another and i think it's something that we have mentioned before but some because sometimes it can be yo you only experience God, right? It's always just like altars and crying out yeah. and always going to these revivals and conferences and just having these experiences, but you don't know the person you just encountered or had an experience with, right? Or it could just be always in my word and just looking at these theological facts and dissecting scripture and things like that, but I have no experience with the person that I seem to know right and so there's always a balance of of both of it and that was a conversation that reminded me of this whole revival is that there's always super significant and important to have these experiences with god exactly Um, you can have them anywhere but just noting that i think it's so it's fire no i feel i feel the same way i think that's something else i took note of i just think the communal there's different there's something different about that communal gathering when when you know people are all on one accord together for sure but with all of that being said, once I realized all of that, I think the next question for me with the whole, you know, this whole revival is like, what's next, right? Well, I um, think, yeah, before you get into that, yeah. I think a big thing for me, too, was like, I think it it was definitely joy. I don't think there was any negative or pessimistic view that I had when I was seeing the revival, yeah. uh, I think. But it was also like, yo, like, what is it? I think it's one of those Christianese <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things that, like, we always just use or say sure. and and it's in our dialect, of course, at least for me, growing up in the church, it was a part of like something that you heard pretty regularly. Like, okay, we're going to have a revival night. There's a revival week. Oh, there's this revival retreat or camp that's happening in this city or what's going on. And so, of course, when you're hearing this so much, it can really like devalue the significance or importance of the word or even just misconstrue what it really means and what it is. And so it's one of those like Christianese things that we yeah. have in our language that I, everyone has said before or, or heard, heard before, yeah. but if I asked you to explain it, you probably wouldn't be able to put it collectively in like a sentence or anything like that, which I couldn't whenever I was, <laughs> that's why I was asking myself like, yo, like what does this mean? Like, as I hear it, I know exactly. I hear it so much. So I think even when we're seeing these things, putting it in context so we understand what it's supposed to look like and what it really is. So, cause like for me, 
um, before I really dug into researching what everything was, ha- how everything was happening, it was just like, oh, okay, I, there's just people who are worshiping nonstop. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that's dope. Like, that's yeah. amazing. But, like, to me, in my own eyes and, like, just through my own subjective personal opinion, it was like, okay, when I think about revival, I personally would think about, okay, people who are getting healed. Yeah. Like, miracles that are happening and people giving their life to God and encountering him for the first time yeah. and people in droves from across the, across the world or even in that particular area that may have not known God coming to him. And, and so I had that conception. I was like, okay, like people are just worshiping. Like, okay, what does revival mean? And like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm confused. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess you're about to go into Exactly. That. Before, before I asked what was next, it was really realizing, okay, what actually is this? Like you said, because I, I was very ignorant to it, and before I looked it up, I didn't really know exactly what the word meant. Um, but it's I was I think I was overcomplicating it just based off of like all the different things I'd heard and seen. But a revival is exactly what the word sounds like. It is is a re, a revival, right? And it isn't just it's and it's not giving life to something that's dead. It's it's different because reviving implies that it was something that was once alive. So revival, revival is bringing back to life something that was like dormant or that was dormant. once alive and kind of died out right so i think revival it simply just means it's like a, a activation of sorts an activation of his body it kind of like it would be as if um what's it called the when they use the when someone's going in cardiac arrest the, and they use uh, the furbulator the defibrillator yeah yeah you got it you got it <laughs> so a revival is basically like a defibrillator right if something was like kind of dying or someone's going in cardiac arrest and they're about to die like you use the defibrillator to kind of like wake them and activate them back to life so essentially that's what a revival is and once i realized that yeah and i'm a because i looked up something and it says christian revivalism is increased spiritual interest or renewal in the life of church congregation or society with a local national or global effect so increased spiritual interest or renewal. So what Jordan was saying, like yeah. it is something that may have been dormant or not as active before that is now coming to a new stage of mm-hmm. life and engagement and interest. And so whenever I thought about that and when I saw that definition, I was like, okay, what I'm seeing by definition yeah. from when I looked and up, it, okay, this would be considered revival. That makes sense. And um, it could look different. Right. And it could, it could look a lot different in a lot of spaces, but. Yeah, and, and it could look different. And uh, something else on top of that. Dang, I lost it. What was I about to say? I, know, I almost lost mine. But actually, <laughs> one thing I did want to mention, I found it, is the fact that this is interesting to me. And I guess this is why I was a bit skeptical because I looked it up and I was even thinking about it. Like the word revival is not actually even found in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so this even plays a part into the whole like Christianese thing that kind of had right. me confused. So, like, okay, like right. I do not ever remember <laughs> seeing this particular term. I don't or remember word. That in the Bible. Every, anywhere yeah. and so i think that makes it even that much more important not saying that it's not necessarily biblical is what i not what i'm trying to say but just always understanding like what you're hearing and what you've always grown up with and always heard and not just taking it at face value so that's why we're unpacking this but yeah uh, i found what i wanted to say yeah um so in in a way that i always like um I can easily grasp things by like examples. So kind of getting away from like the symbolic language, uh, simply put like a revival would be as if say someone was like really on fire from God for God. Maybe they had a conference, they had an encounter with God. They're really on fire from there. They're going strong for a little bit. And then they kind of like become dormant. They're no longer reading their words. They're no longer active in their faith. And then maybe another, they go to a church service and then they feel that 
same similar move of God in their life in that presence. And then they kind of get that fire relit back inside of them them. and it ignites them. That would be an example, like just getting away from all the like symbolic, that would be an example of like a revival. They experienced a revival in their own life. Right. So after realizing what a revival was, I think the next question for me, like I was mentioning earlier is like, okay, so like what's next? Like we have this revival. um, And then looking into the definition of revival, I came across the contrast of a revival versus an awakening. Right. So you have a revival but an awakening is something different. An awakening is when something was dead, it was never alive, right? So this would be if someone was like spiritually dead, they don't know Jesus Christ, they haven't made him his Lord and Savior, their spirit is dead, they're spiritually dead. Them coming to that moment where they're giving their life to Christ, right, and their spirit is igniting, that would be an awakening, right? Um, for, you know, example, Paul um, or Saul, who turned into Paul, right, on the road to Damascus, that would be an awakening because this was a man that was killing Christians, right, persecuting Christians, and then he went totally on the other side of the spectrum, right? That would be an awakening. So when I was looking at this, that is essentially, I feel like, the next step to revival because once you experience a revival, whether it's in yourself personally or in a communal group of people uh, in in a mass sort of way, when you experience that revival, the next step is going out and starting an awakening and people who've never experienced it. Right. So I think that's really why I wanted to bring that up, because I feel like that is always the next step when someone is res- experiencing revival is like. So, yeah, the it's got ignited in you. So now that that's happened, you go out and ignite it in other people who've never felt it. Um, and I think that's even very close to what our call is as Christians. Right. The last words of Jesus that he spoke, go out to all nations and preach the gospel. Right. Um so that's essentially what I landed on in terms of like, okay, what's next after we experience this revival and we're seeing this is really, we should be looking for, you know, an awakening. So yeah, no, that makes I thought sense. that was important to note. <laughs> yeah. Not fire. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's fire what's happening. I think a lot of people have like, there's some people who, you know, may have like skepticism toward it. I've been like reading, like not reading, reading and like watching different videos of people's like experience, their thoughts, feelings, etc. And I think that, no, it may be warranted because, like, you just hear it so much. So it's like, yo, like, it's just real. It's just, like, forced. Are people really being moved and transformed? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, like, a fair, like, observation to have. And I was kind of, like, on that end, too. Like, oh, okay, this is, like, all right, I guess. Like, <laughs> I guess like, it's what cool. Is, like, what is this? Bro? But, you know, from just, like, hearing so many people's testimonies and just seeing it firsthand, like, yeah. through lives and stuff, I think that it's fire. It's fire. I, I think, saw people lined up outside because yeah, there was no room I think, in the building. I think, I think it's I think it's fire. So I thought sure. it was dope just to highlight and to break down too because I've I've been learning a lot even through it. But y'all know, yeah, y'all know what it is. This is why I play this sound up front. But look, if you think all the young people are leaving God, come take a look at us. We, we right, right here. here. Come on, come on. <laughs> we right here. We here. But yeah, I think there's that misconception. Yeah, I mean, I think I, every time I see things like this, it's just it's just broken down. Yeah. Um. I think our generation wants more of God than, like, ever before, um, particularly in this time. I think, like I always say, everyone's looking for God. They just don't know it's him that they're oh, looking facts. for. And so just to not to lose hope, particularly, like, in our generation, this is one thing that I always get from moments like these. But I think more people are looking for God now than ever before. That's just my opinion, though. But, no, yeah, let's, man, y'all know what it is. I was, I don't know if y'all watched the Super Bowl. I don't know if you. I don't think you did, did y'all. You? I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but guess what? I heard in the other room, bro. Bro was in the other room screaming. I was. 
I was. It wasn't like a constant scream though, so it's smooth. But she was definitely shouting at some play. Something happened. I've never. I have not watched an NFL game like all year. Full disclaimer. I'm not. I can tell you had some pent up excitement. Yeah, I was hyped though. Like I was just. I was just like every casual fan. I was just you know engaged in the storyline, like trying to pick which quarterback I like better. (laughs) But it was a it was a fire game. The game was great. It was amazing. And I was like, dang, I know, like, every podcaster is licking their chops, like, <laughs> during, like, Super Bowl talk. Cause there's so much to talk about. <laughs> <A lot of laughs> about. I was thinking, I'm glad I watched it. Because I was like, yo, it's gave me so much to, like, yeah. like um, just to pull from and whatever. But um, there's a, there was a lot that, like, happened that I thought was, like, notable. The game was the game was smooth. I didn't like the way it ended for those, like, who did or didn't watch. But um, obviously there's been, like, a lot of hot topics of debate and what people, like, got going on and commentary of what's going on people's commentary what's going on and what's happened but one of the big things that i even saw that i was like really shocked by it was this ad it was called he gets a super bowl ad Mm. well it was just called he gets us it was like this foundation company collective couldn't tell you what it is that ran this ad on or during the super bowl at least Mm. it's a commercial and i saw it and i was conflicted because i was kind of confused it the, the message I think I understood, but, like, the images I saw were, like, <laughs> I didn't know what they were trying to say. Like, I just remember, I remember, it was it was so interesting um, because I, I just remember just seeing, like, these black and white photos, and it seemed to be, like, black people and white people, and it's, like, all this conflict, like, between mm-hmm. two. Like, you see, like, groups yelling at each other and, like, fights, like, breaking out in these photos. And I was, like, oh, my goodness. Like, not a, a, some, like, political, like, campaign or not going yeah. on. And then, of course, I kind of, like, flipped the script at, script at the end with, like, you know, Jesus gets a, he gets us all, loves us all, or something along those lines. And I was, like, yo, this is interesting. Like, who's yeah. bankrolling this? Like, it's to see Jesus on the biggest stage. But at the same time, it was, like, a – uneasy feeling i had because i didn't know like like what am i looking at yeah like what agenda was this specifically because yeah. like i think i got the message but I, I it was still missed but that was a big topic of conversation i was scrolling through twitter trying to get everybody else's like commentary on it everyone had some strong opinions um there was a lot here so i didn't have anything down to be honest with y'all because there was a lot it was a lot of, like <laughs> who's funding it what yeah. side did this or did it, and I was just I didn't want to get into it. But did you have? I I have I have some thoughts on it. Like you said, I I kind of watched a couple of videos. I saw a couple of people's opinions, and from what I saw, no, I didn't see anybody that really rock with. It. <laughs> I didn't see anybody who rocked with there's it. There's not many people I would that were like just like fully like no yes. nobody. Like bro. this is it. I didn't see a single person because I I saw certain people who just felt like it was preaching like a half a half gospel and it wasn't talking about like repentance and sin or something like that, but. Um, I saw that and then people on the other hand are kind of like you like what's the agenda here like what are they really trying to push so I didn't really see anyone necessarily for it and I'm kind of you know skeptical about it too at the end of the day we don't really know what the agenda is or what's happening necessarily behind the scenes uh well at least we don't know we don't we we don't know we don't know I know a little bit I saw some like I like I said I watched a couple of videos but y'all gonna have to do y'all own digging on that but I definitely my whole thoughts on this essentially, which is all I have to say, is a scripture in Philippians 1, 15 through 18 that I thought was really good. And this is Paul speaking. And he says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? 
The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. So at face value, this was my initial response, just seeing the commercial. Um, I kind of felt similar about the whole, we talked about the Maverick City situation last episode. Um, so that's just, that's really all I have to say about it. I feel like I kind of, I'm, I feel very heavily what Paul is saying here. Anytime the name of Jesus is preached, I feel like that has to be taken note of, you know what I'm saying? In terms of like in a good light, I just think that's, well, I don't know. I think if you say, and something that we've said before and you're here again here soon, shout out Eric, but it's the fact that if you say like the right thing in the wrong spirit, Mm. like what, what, what does it, what does it mean? Okay. Like what, what true weight does it, does it hold? So with actually with me saying that, I guess I can probably, I'm going to double back and I can see people's criticism. Mm. With maybe Maverick, depending on that, but you don't, you never know anyone's heart. At the end of the day, right? So I think this is I person. This is a personal anecdote from Paul. I don't think this is necessarily like a set in stone thing. I think this is him speaking from his perspective. Um, but I, I don't know. I still a part of me still kind of agrees with it. I f- and it and it depends. Agrees with it, what? It agrees with the fact that if Christ is being preached, I rejoice at that. You know what I mean? At least partially. I think. And here's the thing. It, it depends on the situation. Like I said, and I also said at face value, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Me yeah, personally. I can't. I, I don't know. I, I mean, that that's fair. But I, like you said, I mean, it's case by case. and There's a lot of stipulations with it. I think that, honestly, when I hear something like that, I think like MAGA. Okay. Like there's people who are like extremely far right conservatives who like preach Jesus. Yeah. But are they really like the best representation? Like, is that something that we should rejoice at? You feel what I'm saying? So like I I I understand that and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with it. I just think that like I said, it's just depending on ah, I don't know. It's like who it's coming from. I think it, it does matter. But I mean it's just testing spirits for real. For yeah, that's for. that's what I was gonna say after that. It's just testing the spirits. I just think the rejoicing part is just like at face value. Like obviously, um dang, what was I gonna say? Um Obviously, I think certain certain people have have motives that are, I guess, um, they're they're the bad motives that they have are kind of like far outweighing like the the weight of them saying the name. You know what I mean? Like, and and they're using it in a way that is giving a bad look to God. When you put it like that, I just, I think it's 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 not necessarily uniform throughout that whole situation but i think initially i'm not going to completely write something off you know what i'm saying or i'm not yeah. immediately going to be 100 like ah nah you know what i'm saying my my first response is always okay the name of jesus preach cool like now we can kind of look into it but like at face value i'm always going to like give it a the benefit fair. of the doubt type stuff <clears throat> that's valid no and that's what i did at first too i thought it was just like dope seeing jesus on the biggest stage like that um with that being exposed to that many people but yeah that's that's it, but no, I I, I actually, damn, I didn't really get to the funny part of the whole revival thing that I want to get into for real. Funny part, like I was just wondering, like, yo, how does that work? Like, how long are you in there? Because I know, like, you've been in them services where, like, your breath is like hot because you've been like crying out for so long at the altar, and like you that's need crazy. some water. And I'm just like wondering, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you just there for so long like i can't really tell you you know those stories you hear about people who are like i was at the altar and i was just there for like five hours no that's not no it's definitely something that's like 
I, I've experienced myself. Like, I know what that is. Like, when the presence of God is there, it's something that, like, I agree. It, but it, it, really, it, it ain't really never been no five you. hours. Yeah, no, for sure. But it ain't never, I ain't never been, like, on my face for five hours. You know well, you I mean? can't discount that. I don't think you've ever experienced, like, something like that. That's like, what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. I, I've never experienced anything like that. So, yeah, I, but I, I don't I, understand it. But, yeah, I was I was just thinking about that, like, and then, yo, how many songs do you sing, cuz? Like, if you're going on so for 100 many. hours, like, yo, what's there's the track only, list? There's only so many songs, Like, bro. that's crazy. But that's how you know God's really moving if people are there for that Facts. long. Like, they the probably, presence got to yeah, be there. They probably got someone reaping, Like, that's the crazy. Facts. But, no, yeah, how'd you feel? I See, you didn't watch the Super Bowl, bro. You not tapped in. I watched all the highlights of everything in the Super Bowl. You watched the Rihanna performance? I did. How'd you feel about it? It was smooth. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I, I it, it it didn't it didn't do it for me. I I won't I won't I won't lie. It, it ain't do it for me. I, in the sense that she killed it. She yeah, killed it. Was it. Smooth. it was a great performance. I definitely was maybe expecting more. I don't know why, mm. but it's not like it it didn't it like um it disappointed me. I won't say it disappointed me. I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was thinking like there was gonna be some, I don't know, like some animals and. I feel like, like usually they go all out, right, for the Super Bowl. You no, know, just fireworks everywhere. The entire performance. It was fireworks. I don't know. I mean, at the end, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I I thought it was fire. She killed it. She's a superstar. You know, a lot of people were expecting some guests. I was too. I was kind of like looking for someone to just kind of like pop out. That was her crazy, baby. right? Yeah. That was true, but. Yeah, I think it I, I think it went well. I was watching it real time, so I was like, okay, I could vibe with it. I'm not a woman and I've never been pregnant, but I can assume that it's a really hard task. pregnant is not easy. Being suspended that far up in the air. At all. Yeah. So, so shout I was out like, hats off. I was like, smooth. Like that's a lot of work. A yeah, lot of I'll be honest, I was just looking at it at face value, so I know there's was, probably a lot of like demonic was, talk of I, I, I knew what may or may have not been. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't I wasn't know. that hard into it. I was just looking for a good performance and some entertainment. But yeah. So if there was, I didn't. I don't condone it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Nonetheless, yeah. The way I, I always look, the way I always look at it is if I gotta strain myself to find it, and I gotta look that hard, I don't know. It's just. But is it is it just uh, skepticism? Is that the word? Possibly. That's always my question. It's you're always like, gonna find what you're looking for. Nonetheless, yeah. But yeah, so I want to talk about the backlash and criticism. So I guess that's our take on it. But do I want a lot, a lot, a lot of people were, yeah. I guess they were expecting more. They were upset. But I mean, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. I guess people yeah. didn't know that. I, th- I think I that didn't was know news. That too. I think it was news. I, don't I think was confused. Knew. I was like, did she have her? I was like, she's still pregnant because I knew she just she had a kid back to back. Drake. Yeah, I thought <laughs> they're back to back. I was like, yo, like this is crazy. This is crazy. I was so confused. But <laughs> no, shout out her. <clears throat> shout out her though. Yeah, good performance. Y'all yeah. can let us know. Y'all can let us know what y'all thought uh, about it. A lot of people had something to say, but and I, I heard that she didn't get paid, which was another big thing mm-hmm. that people were kind of. Yeah, I saw that she or rumors. I don't know, like if it's confirmed, but I don't I know about that. That she didn't. Yeah, she didn't get paid for the performance. You tell me, you performed pregnant and didn't get. Paid? I don't think. I don't think she got paid. But nonetheless, my thing is, you have to think about the ROI of that performance, right? So, in the sense that. Even if I didn't get paid, the exposure that it brings. Like people I made someone made a comment that she's gonna make her money in streams that she's gonna have from her songs next month. I'm gonna be honest, I heard the track list and I'm like, 
I kind of want to go listen back on some Rihanna songs. Exactly. So yeah, I did. you got to think about how everything, the value that it adds in terms of exposure, That's her fair. being off the scene for a little bit now, the biggest name and the trending topic of the culture and the world. Mm. So you got to think about what it that did give outside of the money. We think sense. about a business aspect, and she's a billionaire. I'm sure she didn't even need it, so she's that's, fine. That's fair. She is, yeah. yeah. She's a Billy, Billy girl. But nonetheless, shout out Re, shout out Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed their Valentine's Day with know, their boost. And if you're other, if you're single, you know you're doing your thing. If you're single, God loves you. Yep, you know what it is. But nonetheless, we love y'all. Episode coming Friday. Mm. Y'all know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love.